Welcome to this special edition of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in partnership with GeekDad.com. On this, the first of three days of special coverage heading into the LEGO Masters Season 1 finale this Wednesday night, April 15th on Fox. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that all of us here are huge fans of the show. I don't think a week went by back when we were meeting and recording in our regular format that we didn't talk about that week's episode of LEGO Masters. This is what it's all been building toward. Wednesday night, one team will be crowned the champions, and I know we will all be looking forward to watching that. Today, we're kicking off our LEGO Masters Blitz with an interview with LEGO sculptor and consulting producer on the series, Nathan Sawaya. You may be familiar with Nathan's work from his traveling exhibit, The Art of the Brick, or his best-selling books of photos of his mind-blowing sculptures. Without further ado, Nathan Sawaya. All right, Nathan, thank you for joining me today. Before we get to Lego Masters, which we certainly will get to, I want to talk a little bit about your journey. Uh, I was first introduced to your work through your books. I've got three children, and we hit the library all the time, and The Art of the Brick, uh, the books that you've put out, were my way into knowing what you do. Uh, so talk a little bit about how your love of Lego began and making the transition from the world of the corporate world, corporate law, to being a full-time Lego sculptor and artist? Sure. Um, well, it, it really goes back to when I was a, a child. And, uh, you know, I had Lego bricks as a kid. I, I got my first set when I was five years old. As I as I talk about in, in the Art of the Brick book, um, there was a point where I wanted to get a dog. And my parents said, oh, you can't get a dog. And I I tore down my big Lego city and used my Lego bricks to build myself my very own life-size dog. It was, it was kind of an aha moment when I realized, you know, wow, I really don't have to build what's on the front of the box. I can use this toy to make anything I can imagine. So if I wanted to pretend to be an astronaut, I'll just build myself a rocket ship. If I want to pretend to be a rock star, I'll just build myself a, a guitar. I mean, there was, there was no limits, and that would that would lead to later on in life as an artist using this toy as a medium. But between my youth and becoming a, a full-time artist, I actually practiced corporate law. I went uh, to uh, law school in New York and then ended up practicing corporate law doing M&A and securities in New York City for several years. And um, I would come home at the end of the day and need a creative outlet. And Lego was that. I had experimented with drawing and painting and all sorts of things, but it was just Lego. This toy from my childhood was something that I really challenged myself to use as an art medium. And I started exploring it more and more as an art medium, doing sculpture, put a little website together, which was my virtual gallery. And I, I was getting commissioned work from, from all over the globe. So I was working full days as a lawyer, and then I would come home at night and be doing hours and hours of commission work. And eventually it was somewhere in there that I realized there's something to this. And I left the law firm behind and became a full-time artist that works with Lego. In that journey, it sounds like, and, and I'll kind of preface this, I've seen, I know a lot of folks, uh, both kids and adults, who are turning to Lego as a way to kind of de-stress. Um, in sure. fact, I think I've seen even some promotional materials where Legos starting to embrace the therapeutic value of play and creation. 
So was that a, a not just a creative artistic uh, outlet for you, but was it also a part of your kind of mental health and wellness for you to be able to take that time to sit down and and work on something like that? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, when I was practicing law, I did have a bit of stress, and and there was definitely uh, a time where I realized that using Lego bricks was a way to de-stress and. You know, I've been pretty open about it, about how I've dealt with depression over the years. And I thought that Lego, I still think that Lego is a way that I've um, been able to deal with it. You know, and, and sometimes it's exploring my own creativity where I'm taking bricks and just coming up with something brand new. Other times it's the simple act of following the instructions and taking the set right off the store shelf and, and, and not thinking and just following the instructions step by step. And both those have different benefits. And, you know, I've, I've looked into this more and more over the years on my own and how it's not necessarily just building with Lego, but just creating art in general has real benefits, real right. benefits mentally, real benefits physically. Um, they use, you know, creativity and, and doing creative exercises therapeutically in a lot of different ways. And of course, when kids and students are exposed to more art and creating art in school, they have higher graduation rates, better test scores. So we know that creating art does help you mentally and specifically creating with Lego for me has been an outlet that I've been able to explore and turn into a full-time career that I love. Absolutely. Well, your work is fascinating. It blends pop art and kind of realistic forms with surrealism as well. Talk a little bit about how your process from getting an idea through design, through the build, kind of how you work through that. Sure. Um, it all starts, of course, with the idea. Um, and the idea can come from anywhere. Um, you know, fortunately, I have uh, multiple art exhibitions that have been touring the globe over the years. And, right. and it's allowed me that privilege to travel and, and really explore different locations, meet different people, experience different cultures. And I've used that for inspiration a lot. Um, I carry a sketch pad with me. I jot down ideas wherever I go. And, and, and so that, that's always been a resource, but when it comes to the art, um, after you get that idea, after you get that inspiration, you know, you, it goes a couple different directions. Um, as you mentioned, you know, some of the stuff I've done is very surreal. And and that comes more from sometimes an inward journey where I'm trying to express uh, personal emotions and using, you know, the human form is a great way to do that. But using Lego bricks as the medium is a way to then make the art very accessible. Other, other uh, art that I've done is more it's more representational. It, it focuses, as you said, on pop art, maybe pop characters. Um, and, and that's, that's where I'm then, you know, studying other, other forms of art and trying to replicate that. And that's a very different process. And, and when it comes to process, you know, I do glue every brick together. I'm gluing individual bricks as I go. I'm uh, it's a slow process. I use a hammer and chisel if I make a mistake and I, I will have to from time to time, just chisel away huge, huge chunks of sculpture because it, 
if it doesn't look right, I got to start over. And uh, it can be a heartbreaking process, but you have to have patience for these these large scale pieces. I, you know, I go into it knowing that it's going to take time and that there's always that that chance. It's just not going to look right. And I'll take it apart or chisel it apart and keep going. Well, because of your work, Lego honored you with a rare title. Uh, you are one of Lego's few master builders. Tell us a little bit about how you remember that going. Did someone reach out to you asking about your art first? Were you notified out of the blue that Lego wanted to bestow that title upon you? How did that come together? Well, that came together uh, when I was working with Lego directly. That was years ago. And, uh, you know, they, they had a series of tests um, I can't remember them all, but I know one, and this one, I still, I think you've probably heard about it. It's about building the sphere out of bricks mm-hmm. and taking rectangular bricks and building a sphere. And then they roll the sphere across the floor. And if it rolls straight, you know, you move on to the next test. If it just sits there, then you've probably built something more akin to a box. You right. know, it's just, uh, it's how, uh, it's one of those tests. And then, then they did reach out after that, a uh, couple years after that, uh, to become a certified professional, which is a different type of title, mm-hmm. um, where it's more about, uh, you know, what you can do with the brick outside, uh, you know, in a more unique way, I guess. And, and because I have these art exhibitions, the art of the brick, that's that was really a part of that. And so, yeah, I mean. Lego has been uh, very generous to me, and, and it's a great business relationship we've had over the years, for sure. Very good. Well, talk to us about your role with the series Lego Masters. Uh, what is your working title? What does the title mean? Because when it comes to things like consultants and producers, uh, those words kind of are all-encompassing in some ways and yet restrictive in other ways. Yeah, I, and, and my, my title is Consulting Producer. Um, and what it meant was I was a bit of an artist in residence. Um, I was, I met with, uh, DJ and Michael from, from the show or the executive producers, uh, two of the executive producers, uh, early on, like a year and a half ago, maybe, you know, about a year before it even went into production. And we talked about possibilities and what could be done and, and all sorts of things. And then um, when the show came about and it was actually going to be made, uh, my, my role became a, someone who was there as a consultant for all things Lego, but also to help with set dressing. You know, a lot of the set elements are built out of Lego or some, some of the, every challenge, you know, things need to be built out of Lego. Um, so that came, that fell to my shop and me and my team would be churning out what was needed for production so that when the contestants were ready to build, they were building on something. You know, for example, in that very first episode, um, they built on a, a platform that was to become a theme park. Mm-hmm. And what they received was just a, a grassy area with a bit of a monorail track and some trees. And of course, we were the ones who had to build the, the trees and the monorail track and, and make a little bit of a landscape from them to start off of stuff like that was how we got started. When it came to the mega city episode, uh, it was, ta- we were tasked with building a, a giant city and quickly building a giant city, which was, 
a big challenge, but it was really fun. You know, once it was all put together, it was it was uh, really fun to look at. Well, you spoke about time and how important time is and how when you're working on your own sculptures, how some, sometimes you can lose chunks of production time because you wanted to change something or you felt like you made a mistake. Talk a little bit about on the show how you manage to put together challenges that are designed in, to challenge the participants, but give them the creative resources, including the time to actually complete a themed build for that episode. Yeah, that was, that was interesting to play out. And that was a lot of where my consultants came in is talking with the challenge producers, uh, Christian and Brent. And when they would come up with a great idea for a challenge, then what's it going to take for the contestants to produce this? And, you know, I would give my, my opinion based on my own experience and, and we would come up with a number that we felt was sufficient for, for the contestants to build something that was creative, you know, fantastic looking, but also put a bit of pressure on them because we didn't want them to have all the time in the world. And, and that's what makes the show work so well is that they are under pressure. They have, you know, when, when someone says, oh, you've got eight hours to build that that can feel like a lot of time. That's a full business day. You can build whatever, but when you get into it, eight hours is not a lot of time for Lego building. I'm sure if you've built, you know, some of these bigger Lego sets, they take days to finish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so when you're trying to produce what they're producing at that caliber, they are really under a lot of pressure and it was fun to, uh, to put them under that pressure. Cause that's what makes it such a great show. Absolutely. Looking at the season as a whole, how would you rate the builds that we've seen? Obviously, to the layperson watching, they blow us away. For someone who does this professionally, how would you rate the builds and the things that we've seen? Uh, the creativity has been off the charts. I mean, it's been really fantastic, and that's what's made it fun to watch. I think everyone has brought something different to it, uh, as you've seen, and, and that has been fascinating to see how people different different people interpret the you know the challenges and where they go and that's you know it's been great um my perspective is a little different because the way i work is i'm building artwork that will go in art galleries or will go in museums and it needs to last and it needs to be shipped all over the world so that's a very different type of building right because you know i'm building a i'm building at a slower pace because i'm also gluing everything together because it needs to be shipped so it's a different process, but for what they're doing in the time constraints, they are top notch. And that's why you see they are Lego masters, right? I mean, that's where the show gets its name because they are great at what they're doing. Absolutely. Well, what's the one thing that you hope viewers, whether they've been with the series from you know week one or if they're just finding it online and streaming it uh, as a binge watch, what's something that you hope that viewers take away from the series? Well, I hope they're inspired. I, I hope, um, you know, folks take something away from it where they're inspired to, you know, do a little creativity on their own. And I, I would love for them to pick up some Lego bricks, but it doesn't even necessarily need to be Lego. It could be any sort of creativity. Maybe it's just some more finger painting with the kids. But I think uh, anytime you see a show like that, you know, I, I, I hope as an artist, I hope folks are inspired to explore more creativity get out the Lego bricks, get down on the floor with your kids and build something creative. Take on those challenges yourself. You know, if, if the challenge is to build a, a big building, 
you know, if you and the kids could get down there and build your building, what would it look like? And, and that's really the idea behind it. Absolutely. I'm going to ask one last question, and then this is purposely wide open, and if you don't have an answer, that's okay. Uh, okay. Over the years, you've done a ton of press for your exhibitions, your books, Lego Masters. You've given TED Talks. You've lectured all over the world, as you mentioned. What is one question that you haven't been asked yet or one topic you haven't had the opportunity to discuss yet that you really wish someone would ask you about because you've got a story or you would love to talk about this particular topic? Wow, that's a tough one because oh. I, you know, because I've had so many opportunities and it, it just, you know, it has been so amazing where Lego has taken me. It's hard to think of something that I haven't spoken about. Right. Um, um, for for me, what could I touch upon that is not, you know, I do have. I do have some projects out there that I really want to talk about, but they're just not ready. Right. They're just not ready. That's one of the challenges of being an artist, of course, is that uh, until something's at that point, I'm not ready to share it. Um, I'm just looking around and, and trying to think of something that that is still out there. I don't know. That's I don't know. You might, just, you might just have to wait and see what's <laughs> next on my... Uh, my Instagram or whatever. <laughs> With that in mind, for folks who are interested, for folks that want to follow your artwork, for people who want to know what's coming next, where can people find you online and plug in and connect and be able to follow what you have coming up? Sure. Uh, well, you can always go to brickartist.com for the schedule of my tour of the Art of the Brick exhibitions. And um, obviously those are on pause right now, but uh, hopefully later in the year they'll be back around the country. And then um, you can always follow me on Instagram, which is just at Nathan Sawaya. Very good. Well, Nathan, again, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, continued success is all we hope for you. Um, I, like I said, I absolutely love your work. My children, it has been inspiring to sit and watch them thumbing through the books, um, looking at the pictures, and just realizing that I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know I had permission mm -hmm. to do that, if that's the right way to phrase well, it. They definitely do. So thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thanks one more time to Nathan for joining us. You can check out Nathan's works online and find links to his books and more in the episode details. Be sure to join us tomorrow for day two of our Lego Masters coverage. Tomorrow, we're talking with one of the judges of Lego Masters, Amy Corbett. We'll catch you back here tomorrow for that. Until then, stay safe and healthy. We'll see you then. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.